Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andy Shea. Ross Tucker will be with us a little bit later. Andy, before we get started with the news, just wanted to mention our new sponsor, New Trail Beer. I talked about my party on the show earlier in the week and how much I liked the beer and everyone there did. Just to show you this isn't Jim being a homer, the experts agree New Trail Beer was named the 2022 Pennsylvania Lager Brewery of the Year at the New York International Beer Competition Judges there were particularly impressed with the same beer that I was, the Lazy River Pills. It was fantastic, a big hit at the party. want to also mention New Trail is introducing a new brand called Crisp Lager. Right now it's only available at their tasting room in Williamsport, but it's going to be ready for those tailgate parties when the season begins out in Happy Valley. Andrew P., I know you were at the party also. Which beer did you partake in? I did have the Lazy River as well. Um, And I will say from having spent a significant amount of time during my youth in the country of England and in the country of Germany for long, long extended periods of time, we're talking years, I know beer. I'm not an IPA guy. I just don't like IPAs. I'm a little more of a traditionalist. Give me a good lager. Give me a good stout. Give me a good bitter. Give me a good porter. Give me a good beer. And I thought this was a good beer. It was a good lager. Good deal, Andy. All right. They're going to be at my tailgates this year also. Let's get to the news for Penn State. Um, First, some sad news, some tough news for recruit. Landon Montgomery, he's a class of 23 running back out of Scranton. Apparently, Andy, he tore his ACL. Obviously, bad news for the player. If there's a silver lining, it's that this happened prior to his senior season. He's already set with his commitment to Penn State. I'm sure Penn State will stick with them. But it does lead to another question. Penn State might have been looking for another running back anyway in the class of 23, but does this push the need a little bit more? Uh, I don't think so, Jimmy. I think they needed one anyway based on who might possibly graduate and be done after 2022. They only had Mr. Montgomery in, in this class in terms of a running back, so they were always going to need another one. He's got a year, right? Like he should be ready for camp next year. This this happened in, you know, mid-August. The the recovery time is 9 months, 10 months now to fully recover. He should be back, but they still need another running back. Whether he tore his ACL or not, somehow going into 2023 after the season over and into spring ball and coming out of spring ball, they need another running back. Whether it's transfer portal, they get another recruit, they they're going to need another running back it feels like. So this is bad for him, kind of, you know, stinks that it happened when he was playing defense of all things and in a try scrimmage, but that happens. But they were going to need a running back anyway, and I think he'll be back and healthy and fully ready when camp starts heading into the 2023 season. And um, I do think this creates a little bit more urgency in that next year, the two true freshmen that 
they brought in this year, should be in their prime next year. But I could picture Kevon Lee moving on. If he's successful, it could be the NFL. If he finds himself behind the other guys and needs to upgrade his draft stock by transferring out, you know, Devin Ford's another one of these guys. He's been around a long time. I think he's done with eligibility. You might find yourself with just the two running backs left along with uh, Landon Montgomery, who's coming off the torn ACL. I think it would, at that point, you're right, either a transfer or at least another another recruit, Andy. You look like you wanted to respond to that. All I was going to say was they needed one anyway because that's the correct scenario. They they, they would have needed someone. They they needed someone anyway. Maybe this creates a little more sense of urgency to kind of re-recruit the position and go back through their position charts. But you've always got the transfer portal that's available. Exactly. Let's take a look at the a couple position battles that uh, James Franklin would not make announcements in his Meet the Media the other day, which is understandable. He makes wants to make sure he talks to the players about it first. But that doesn't mean we can't discuss it, Andy. A couple of spots that seem to be a competition are the second safety position next to Jair Brown and the middle linebacker position, which we've been talking about uh, often going back to the spring. It seems like at middle linebacker, it'll be Tyler Elsden over Kobe King, and I think that's that extra year of experience showing. At safety, I've been kind of thinking the same way the experience of Keaton Ellis may win out over Zaki Wheatley, but there's just been so much talk about Wheatley and his ball hawking skills that I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way in that position. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Saki Wheatley is going to be your starting safety against Purdue. Your starting safety. Do I think they play Keaton Ellis and, and rotate him and play him at safety and give him snaps? I think absolutely. I think Zaki Wheatley starts, see how it goes. But I definitely think uh, Keaton Ellis plays. And the safety position, it kind of like it, – it's part of the entire secondary, right – if you look at the secondary, like we talked about, Jair Brown's already there at safety. He's, you know, a potential all Big Ten performer at the position. He's coming back. We're talking about the second safety and two viable starting options. Well, if you look at the entire secondary, this one second second safety position is sort of a microcosm of what the entire secondary is, Jimmy. I mean, this is an elite secondary it is an elite in terms of college football and definitely elite in terms of the big 10 in 2022 and it's because of by my count they have nine players that start that could be or could easily be starters you've got you know you got joey porter jr kalen king johnny dixon and marquise wilson at corner i don't think you'd feel bad starting any of those guys at corner daquan hardy is your starting nickel he's a stud at nickel Jair Brown, Zaki Wheatley, Keatlin Ellis, and Jalen Reed at safety. That's nine guys. Nine guys at basically, you know, your corners, the nickels all by itself. But that's nine guys in your secondary. And would you feel uncomfortable if any of them had to be on the field for any reason in a starting or a major role? I don't think the coaching staff does. And that's why I think this second safety position is a microcosm of 
This is an elite and very good secondary heading into 2022. It really is. And unlike, say, quarterback, you could have these guys rotate in, uh, injuries happens, even just if you need to rotate a bit. You're covering a guy, a couple deep patterns, you're running a lot of sprints. <laughs> rotate in, get a fresh body in there. It, it's great to have the depth, right, Andy? Yeah, and you're going to see it right away because Penn State's going to be running. We'll talk about this later in quarter four because we're going to talk about the Purdue game, but they're going to be in a lot of a nickel five-back sets early because Purdue's a gunslinging team. They sling it all over the lot. That's kind of the defense they might be forced to play. So you're going to see a little bit of this more than if you played, say, Michigan State or Wisconsin out of the gate. You wouldn't see as many of these guys. I think in a game like Purdue, you're probably going to see more of them because they're going to Purdue is going to sling the ball all over the lot. And that is what they do. And these guys are going to be under the spotlight. We'll talk about that more in quarter number four, but I'm saying this group is elite heading into 2022. All right, Andy, one other news item, it, it keeps popping up and that is big 10 expansion. We of course know USC and UCLA are going to be making the move. Then they had the Big Ten, the new big TV contract. But it hasn't stopped the talk that they may not be done with the expansion. And the most recent conversation seems to be about more West Coast teams, um, specifically Oregon. I think Oregon is pushing for it. They want to get into the Big Ten before the Pac-12 collapses, I think. And let me give you, I'll give you a couple of the quick pros and cons to it. On the pro side, you have Oregon and Washington, say, who are the most high profile than perhaps Stanford and Cal, but Oregon, Washington, first of all. What it also does is give more teams out on the West Coast for USC and UCLA to play, not just in football, but in the other sports. So it alleviates some of the travel issues. And one of the things that I don't think gets mentioned, Andy, is that if you have more West Coast teams, if you look at that TV contract, there's a noon game. There's a 3.30 game. There's a primetime East Coast primetime game. What about a Big Ten West Coast primetime? 10.30 out our way, but 7.30 that way. If you had at least four West Coast teams, you could fill in that additional slot with another Big Ten game, which I think would be interesting on the TV side. The downside, you're splitting the pie more ways. USC and UCLA, they bring the L.A. market. They carry their weight financially. Would Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, would they carry their weight? And one other note that I found interesting is apparently USC is not crazy about more West Coast teams coming into the Big Ten because it would affect how they recruit on the West Coast. What do you think? So let's start with Oregon, first of all, pushing really hard, right? Well, they can read like the rest of us. They saw the Big Ten's new television contract. They saw the caveat about expansion. Of course they want in. They want the money. That is exactly what they want. And USC's like, no, we're already going to get the money, and we don't want to... We don't want to fight against you when it comes to the recruiting battle. So they're both sort of being a little bit selfish. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to 
it comes down to money again, Jimmy. It all, it, okay, do we say this all the time? It comes back to money. How much money is the Big Ten willing to share? That's the bottom line. It's how much are the member schools of the Big Ten and the Big Ten Conference, what ground do they reach where they decide how much money we're willing to share? That is what expansion will come down to beyond USC and UCLA from the Pac-12. That's it. It's money. And how much are they willing to share? And they will reach some kind of agreement. And whether or not it is to take two more schools, those schools have to bring a lot to the table. But it's still going to end up money, 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 Jimmy. It, it always does, Andy. And like I said, television comes into play. Do any of those networks want more West Coast teams so they could have more West Coast games? And are they willing to pay for it? All right, Andy, that's it for quarter number one in the news. Stick around. Quarter number two, Ross Tucker is in the house. Stay tuned. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. And, of course, we have Ross Tucker making his way in. Ross, I keep saying it, we're getting closer and closer. You know we are close to the start of college football because today we're going to be doing our season preview segment. Are you ready for that? I am, man. This is uh, this is exciting. I think I, I tweeted this week at Ross Tucker NFL, college football starts Saturday. I mean, it's there's a bunch of games. It's kind of it's wild. 
that there's a bunch of games on Saturday. No Penn State, but they do start early. They start on a Thursday night. Uh, they do. I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm sure you could guess, though. Let's get right to it because there's so much to talk about. Without further ado, let's hit it. Ross, it's kind of an unusual team with Penn State this year. They're coming off two very disappointing seasons. A famous coach once said, you are what your record says you are. So is Penn State the team that they were for the last two years, a 500 team, or are they something better than that? Boy, it's a terrific question, Jim. And uh, I think you said it exactly right. I think you could dismiss the COVID year as being sort of an anomaly. I think last year was pretty unacceptable, really, um, when you think about it. So uh, I'm certainly excited to see what they can do this year. You know, it's funny. I, have, uh, I had a guy on the Even Money podcast this week, Jim. It's my betting podcast. And I said to him, you know, give me one bet that you really like, that you really believe in. And he said the over on the season win total for the Penn State Indy Lions. So for those of yeah. you that aren't familiar, I know a lot of people don't bet. The, the Penn State has 12 games on their schedule. Their projected win total is eight and a half. So if you think... They're going to win more than that, 9 or 10 or 11. You say over. If you think it's under, you say under. He felt very confident about the over, Jim, which is interesting. I'm, I'm not sure I do, to be honest with you. I'm not sure I do at all. Um, we can go through each game, but I, I think 8.5 is a darn good number. I think 8.5 is the right number because the more I go through the schedule, Jim, the more I'm torn between 8 wins or 9 wins. Well, guess what? My nine-year-old can tell you that the, in between that is eight and a half. So I think, <laughs> and by the way, every season win total should be, you know, a half a game. So you don't, so you don't push. Uh, I know why they don't do that. But um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a really big season for James Franklin. It's actually kind of interesting that he got that huge contract extension after two disappointing years. But when did it actually happen? Like last year when they were ranked number four in the country or whatever? Well, see, that's when the conversation began, when there was talk, remember, USC would be interested, and that's when James Franklin, people dismissed the COVID season, Penn State was ranked very highly, and I believe Penn State was reacting to all that talk about him conceivably going somewhere else. By the time they finalized it, he was essentially a for two seasons, a 500 coach. I thought that gave the university a little more leverage, which I don't think they exercise. Before you get to your game-by-game game predictions, Ross, let's talk about a little bit each side of the ball. Starting with the defense, I just do, did the quick list of talent that they lost. Ibikidi, Brisker, Castro Fields, Brandon Smith, Ellis Brooks, Jesse Lucada. Uh, Derek Angelo, that is a lot of talent along with their coordinator to leave the system. How much confidence do you still have in the defensive unit, which was so good last year? Yeah, well, we, we dove into them pretty in-depth last week. I, I would say I think they're going to be solid. Um, 
I like the D-line probably more than other people do. I really like the secondary, even though they lost a couple of draft picks. Probably most concerned about the linebackers. Um, but I, I, I don't think they'll be a lot worse than they were last year. I think they'll be about the same. I guess the question is whether or not, Jim, you think that's good enough. The big sort of wild card there, or the unknown, is just Manny Diaz. And what he's going to bring to the table as the new defensive coordinator and whether or not that is an upgrade or not over Brent Pry and what Brent Pry was doing. I mean, that's, that's a big unknown is Diaz versus Pry because coordinators matter a lot. I mean, they're the ones that are ultimately, you know, calling the plays and making the decisions in these key spots. So very much looking forward to seeing how this defense plays under Manny Diaz, how it's different. I certainly think they have the talent, Jim. And I actually think they're in a pretty good place talent-wise for the next couple years. It's just how how much do they get from Beeman and Smith-Vilbert? You know, guys like that. How about Tyler Elsden? You know, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how some of these guys perform that we haven't seen a whole lot of. And Last year, we did going into the season. We didn't know what would get from Ibikidi. We didn't know what would get from Jesse Lakeda moving to defensive end. There's always question marks going in. We'll see how that goes. My one last question on the defensive side: You mentioned Manny Diaz as the variable. What we keep hearing is he's going to be more aggressive, which sounds like he takes more chances. Now you've reminded me on more than one occasion. Fans always love to hear that until the team gets burned by it. Do you look at that just in general, Ross, as a good thing for this team or not so good? Well, I think they have the secondary to be able to do it. You know, I, I, I think with Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King, I think if you're going to be more aggressive and put your guys in more man-to-man situations... I think they actually have a pretty good group, you know, on the back end to be able to handle that. I think Daquan Hardy's a heck of a nickel. So I look at their back end and I think they can get it done. They can get it done on that side of the ball. Okay. Let's switch to the offensive side. And that's the side of the ball that has to improve over last year. My question is, will we see that improvement? And where do you want to see it from? Is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback? Is it the running game? Now, I know they're all tied together, Ross, but where are you pointing and saying, boy, that group better improve? You know, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, they lost by far their best player in Jahan Dotson. But I thought, Jim, that they were disappointing at every spot other than wide receiver. The offensive line was a disappointment. Quarterback, I thought, was a disappointment. I was expecting more from Clifford. The running backs, I thought, were a huge disappointment. And even the tight ends. You know, I I, I had high hopes for the tight ends in 2021. After what they did in 2020, I didn't really see a step forward from Brenton Strange and Theo Johnson. So, I guess on the one hand, the there's certainly some good possibilities there with the fact that I really think we can 
see improvement? Because I know the talent is there from Strange and Theo Johnson. We know Clifford can play better than he played at times last year when he was banged up. The receivers, you know, I don't think Mitchell Tinsley's going to be Dotson, but I think he'll be pretty good. I think the O-line might surprise some people. I think the position where they actually have a lot of room for improvement and they might have is running back. And I think there's a chance, you know, I hate to put this much on true freshman, Jim. I hate it. But there's just a lot of conversation, a lot of hype around the freshman running backs, in particular Nick Singleton. There is, and we expect at the very least some improvement from running back. However, I want to see that the offensive line, too, that will create more time for Sean Clifford, that will create more holes for the running backs, and as you mentioned, the two true freshmen. All right, Ross, we got to get your season prediction, however you want to do it. How about a record, and I'm going to assume you're going to have more wins than losses. Whatever you pick out, tell us who, what games you think are going to be the losses. Right, so um, let's just go through it. Purdue is very much a toss-up game. Ohio is a win. Auburn toss-up game. Central Michigan is a win. Northwestern, I think, is a win. So I have three wins and two toss-ups. Michigan at Michigan, I'm going to say, is a loss. So three and one, two toss-ups. Minnesota at home is very interesting. That's a toss-up game to me. So now they've got three wins, one loss, and then three toss-ups. Ohio State is a loss. Three and two, three toss-ups. Indiana is a win. So now we're four and two. Maryland is a win, five and two. Rutgers is a win, six and two. Michigan State is a toss-up. So in my mind right there, Jim, you've got six wins, two losses, and four toss-ups where I could really see it going either way. I think the fair way to do the toss-up games is to split them. So two wins and two losses out of those four, Penn State has an eight and four record. Now, if they win a, if they if they go three and one in the toss-up games, they're nine and three. You know, if they go one and three in the toss-up games, they're seven and five. Uh, but I, I think that's a fair way to go through it. Anything you strongly disagree with. The only thing, I go through it exactly the way you do, Ross. Here's wins, here's losses, here's toss-ups. I agree on 11 out of 12. I still called Minnesota a win. I thought at home, whiteout game, I was giving them a win there and giving them three toss-up games. What scares me, though, is two, two of those toss-ups are in the first three games. I think we could find out about this team's season real quick. Yeah, you know what? I thought that last year when they won the toss-up games against Wisconsin and Auburn, and they still finished the year with a bad record. So I, I guess you never really know. Okay, real quick, in honor of Andrew P. Shea, I need your bold prediction for the season. Nick Singleton, 1,000 yards rushing. Ooh, very good. All right, I think a lot of fans will be happy to hear that. Stick around, quarter number three. We're going to take your questions, and we're going to ask Ross. 
Stay tuned for that. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask Ross. I'm Jim Galante. He's Ross Tucker. Download the app Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Ross button. We get our questions. At the end of the segment, we'll pick out the best question as the winner of the KSN Polo. All right, we're going to start with Lee, who says, Hey, Ross, don't have a football question for you today. As I'm just as ready to see the season get underway. But the other week, I drove by a local Dairy Queen, and I saw them promoting a Take 5 Blizzard and immediately oh. thought of you. Ross, have you seen this and or tasted it? Of course, if you've tried it, please give us the review. So uh, a couple of things before I forget. Number one, that is amazing. Take five, by far the best candy bar on the market. By far. That is, you know what? That's really interesting because I am going to now make it a point to stop at a Dairy Queen and see if, I might even call ahead to see if they have it. I haven't been to a Dairy Queen in a long time, but if they have Take Five Blizzards, your boy might have to go and check it out and see what I can see what I can do over there. That's amazing. I have not been to a Dairy Queen in a while, but will you agree with this statement? Blizzards are amazing. Huge Blizzard fan. 
I love after they make the blizzard, how they go like this, they upside yes. down to show you that the ice cream doesn't come out. Like, I believe you, bro, but I kind of like that they still do it. And that's what you need. That's the thickness. All the other places try it and they do a pretty good job where they call them like concrete or mixers. There's all kinds of different ones that they did, but um, I'm a huge fan of blizzards. Gosh darn it, Jim. I'm trying to stay under 250. Now I'm going to have to have a blizzard today because of one of our email questions. You got to be kidding me. Gee, thanks. And by the way, since my health scare, Ross, I've lost 10 pounds by being good and not doing things like blizzards. One other thing to point out, as soon as you started to talk about what they do, you and I both who can see each other on camera, we both turn our hand over to demonstrate that, which by the way, makes fantastic radio, us doing that on video. All right, <laughs> next up is Dan in Pittsburgh who says, Ross, in college or pros, have you ever seen a player that you thought was a stud but never really got his opportunity from the coaches? Is talent universally acknowledged, or have there been guys that just didn't get the opportunity that they thought that you thought they should? Not as much in college as I feel like I have in the NFL. And it's primarily it really depended on the head coach and the organization, and it was primarily undrafted free agents. You know, it was very clear, Jim, with some organizations, notably Steve Spurrier, 2002 in Washington, those undrafted free agents had no chance. And the only reason why I know this is because it was in stark contrast to the year before with Marty Schottenheimer when... He very much gave all of us a chance. And a bunch of us made the team. I made the team. Kenny Watson, former Penn Stater from Harrisburg, made the team. Antonio Pierce, who went on to have a great career as a linebacker, made the team. Uh, Ifeane Ohalete. Like we, we probably had at least five. I know we had at least five undrafted rookie free agents that made that football team. The next year, Jim, they had zero. Zero. Those guys would barely get reps. It was like the coaches didn't even pay attention to them. It was like they'd already decided who was going to make the team and not before the year even started. I mean, it was, I felt bad for those guys. And in fact, you know, there was one kid named Wayne Smith, I think was his name. And he was only like six one and a half, And he played left tackle at Appalachian State. But he had really good feet. And he should have been, they should have moved him into guard. And I think he would have had a, an opportunity to be a longtime NFL guard. I think what he ended up doing is I think he ended up going up to the CFL and, and playing offensive tackle in the CFL for a long time. Um, I believe, and was like a really good player up there. And, you know, I'm just, I just Googled him while we're talking. Wayne Smith, they're talking about him playing his 160th CFL appearance back in 2015. This is 2002. And 13 years later, he was still playing in the CFL. So if he could be a tackle in the CFL at six one and a half. 
he absolutely could have been, in my opinion, um, a guard in the NFL. I really believe that. Let's move on to Mike from Harrisburg. His first part of his question is, does a Mike ask a question every week? Signed, Mike. We have several Mikes who send questions in, so it seems that way, Mike from Harrisburg. His question is, my first impression with new Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren was concerning due to his communication with the COVID situation. I found, have a newfound respect with his expansion of the Big Ten. Besides missing the opportunity to hire Ross as commissioner, did the Big Ten make the correct hire with Kevin Warren? Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be kind of hard to argue otherwise at this point, right? You know, what I always wonder is, I guess ultimately in any of these situations, you have to give the credit to the commissioner, even if it's not necessarily his doing. He's still the one in charge, right? You know, because what I was going to say, Jim, is I guess I wonder if any commissioner could have gotten these TV deals, you know, just because of the nature of the beast right now. But to get UCLA and USC right before these deals were coming, to get the L.A. market and to significantly weaken the Pac-12 to the point where if you're anybody else, you're like, uh-oh, there might only be a couple power conferences and the Big Ten's one of them. We got to get the Big Ten. It was almost like a shot across the bow getting UCLA and USC in there and being able to, to, to show that strength right before any decisions needed to be made, any contracts were finalized, because then, then all these networks were like, we got to get the Big Ten. There might, only be two, there might only be two major conferences that have all the good teams. So I give him a lot of credit for that. He deserves it. I've always been very critical of him, but where I give him credit with, I think any commissioner could have gotten a good TV contract. He got a great TV contract, and he came from the NFL, and it looks a lot like the NFL, where you have it on all the different networks. You have time slots for them, which I think will work out really well. All right, let's go to Steve in Columbia who says, Will Ross be available to comment on the Purdue game on the September 2nd podcast? I'll assume no, as he has to do a Thursday night game as well. And I'm using this, uh, Ross, as a precursor for us to make an announcement. And first of all, I'll make an announcement on our show next week. We typically do record on Thursday, but we're going to record it Friday morning. So we will have the game results when we record our podcast. However, Ross will not be available next week. And as a really busy guy during the season, well, Ross, I'll let you share this, your status going forward with us. Yeah, so I think everybody knows I love Jim. I love Penn State football. I love doing this show. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be doing the show from time to time. I'll be doing the show in the off season. But the reality is I have so much on my plate during the regular season especially the weeks I'm calling a college game and an NFL game. Like even next week, Jim, I got Alabama A&M at UAB. I got to memorize, it's Thursday night, same time as Penn State game. None of you guys are going to watch, I know. Um, but I got to memorize all the UAB kids' names, all the Alabama A&M kids' names. I got to watch the tape of both these teams. So I could still come on the show 
But the reality is, I am not always going to be able to watch the entire Penn State game before Thursday mornings. And I don't want to come on the show and sort of half-ass it, right? Like, you guys value my opinion, at least I hope. And so when I come on here and give my recruit rankings, I watched them. Like, I didn't read anybody else. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I watch them and I give you my analysis, my opinion. I want it to be the same way with Penn State football. So I am going to watch a ton of Penn State football. I'm going to try to watch every snap. I'm just not able to do it that week necessarily. So Jim and I all figured out whether I come on once a quarter to give the uh, Tucker quarterly report after you know every three games or maybe it's every four games or every six. Definitely going to be a part of Keystone Sports Network. Just won't be every week. I would tell you to make sure you're following me on social media at Ross Tucker NFL so you know what I'm up to, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you'll know when I'm on the show uh, on Keystone Sports Network. And you obviously, if you're missing me, you can check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast or the College Draft Podcast, whatever, in addition to checking out all of KSN's terrific stuff because whether it's Andy or Dustin or anybody else, Jim's got a great team that all those guys will watch every second of Penn State football before they come on the show, and they will do it justice. And then I'll just swoop in, you know, a couple times during the season and um, totally dismiss everything that Andy said and tell you the truth about what has actually happened for Penn State. (laughs) Well, we'll all look forward to that. Keep listening to the show. We'll have some special guests in who will try to fill the shoes, the large shoes of Ross Tucker. We know that's not possible. And, and Ross, you asked, do we respect your opinion? It's obvious we do. I know, hey, I'm going to be headed to Dairy Queen first chance I get <laughs> to try to take five Blizzard because you are the guy who recommends it, okay? So that tells you how much we respect your opinion on all things football and food. And I can't wait for you to come back on, Ross, whenever it is. We'll make sure. We'll announce it ahead of time. We'll get you on, Ross, and we'll get your take. Thank you so much, Ross. And we also look forward to hearing you do your games. We'll, we'll all record uh, UAB and whoever else it is. <laughs> Just so we. Oh, real quick, Ross. I did hear you last week doing the Eagles game. Fantastic job. That is it. Thank for you, Jim. I appreciate it. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to be back on the show. Same here. That's it for quarter number three. Stick around. Quarter number four. We'll have Andrew Pichet back. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. 
It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at ypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galati along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, it's that time. Finally, the football season's going to be starting. We're going to hit our Purdue preview in a second. But first, like I said, not just football coming. That means tailgating also. No better way than with GoPSURV.com. If you want to tailgate in Happy Valley, this is where you drive your own car to Happy Valley. The RV is set up already and waiting for you. And this year, Keystone Sports, we're teaming up with GoPSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for either Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern Maryland, or the Michigan State game. And you'll get $500 off your RV for that game weekend. Make sure you call Mark at 800-519-8467. Tell him you want the KSN RV special and save $500. All right, Andy, this is it. Finally, we've been waiting the entire offseason for this. We get to talk about actual football. Penn State travels to Purdue, Thursday night game. And here, just real quick, here's my take on this game. If Purdue could win this game after coming off a 9-4 and season last year, it's huge for Purdue if they win. On the other side, I think it's huge for Penn State if they lose because this is one of those games that if it's going to be a successful year, they got to get a win here. And if they lose, even on the road, this uh, their season takes a real hit. I, I disagree with you. Um, we can agree to disagree on this. I think we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, I don't think the I don't think the bottom falls out for Penn State unless they play poorly. Right, if they play a, a, a you know a, a crappy game, that's different than if they play well in this game and do a lot of good things and they just they just get beat. That's okay. I don't think the I don't think the 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 bottom falls out, but I do think there is a very high ceiling for Penn State if they can win this game. But I can see how you know it's Purdue. 
But if you look back at it now, I, they, they do have a few parts missing, but I would argue they were one of the 10 best teams over the last six games of last year in the country. They were just ripping through people finishing off last year. So um, they're, they're going to have the mojo. They're going to have their, you know, their blackout Thursday night game at home, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a different environment than you're used to seeing when Penn state travels to Purdue. But I, I don't feel that the bottom falls out for Penn state unless they just, you know, put up a stinker. Don't go there and put up a stinker. If you lose the football game and play well, which could legitimately happen, that's not the worst thing in the world. We, Let's we, talk about we, this. Disagree. Well, <laughs> we do disagree. I'm right, you're wrong, but it, it's it's an honest disagreement. Let's let's talk about this Purdue team a little bit. Uh, they're a team that chucks the ball around a lot. They return their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, but a big their best receiver, David Bell, gone. Uh, is gone. He was pretty special in their big wins. He came up huge, uh, so he is gone. But this is also a team that struggles with the rushing game, right? Yeah, they don't they don't run the ball per se, and they're not gonna they don't they're not gonna try they're not gonna run the ball against Penn State. They 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 struggle to run the ball because inherently they just don't really try and do it with a, a really conviction and and a commitment to running. That's not how this offense is built. So if they get some out of the running game, it's good, but they're not going to be able to run the even if they were convicted and tried to do it some for some strange reason this game. They're not going to do it against Penn State. They just don't have the, – the horses up front favor Penn State when you're talking about their offensive line against Penn State's defensive front. Yes, I said that. But um, I just – they're not going to run the ball. They are going to sling it. I mean, O'Connell threw for like 500 yards a couple times last year. He threw for like 375 or more yards like six times. I mean – they beat Michigan State and Iowa. He had like more than 900 yards in those two games. His completion percentage is ridiculous. He com- he broke Drew Brees' school record for completion percentage in the season last year, nearly 72%. So he is what this offense is about. It, it starts and ends with him. He's a risk taker. He trusts that arm. He does not – he's not afraid to make any throw. He'll throw some picks, and he is not mobile. He stands right there and slings it. So there is some opportunity here, but when you're talking about their quarterback and their offense, the quarterback matchup in this game is is just going to be absolutely monumental. It's going to be probably or possibly what could decide this game. You talked in quarter number one about the defensive backs of Penn State and how strong it is. Do you think because of that, that makes this a good matchup for Penn State, a team that is not good at running the ball, wants to chuck it around the field, and Penn State has the studs at defensive back to carry the day. I do. That's one of the sort of subplots in this game that I think, you know, favor not only favors Penn State, but kind of favors Penn State heavily, right? Like you mentioned already, no, no David Bell is the wide receiver one. No, you know, NFL you know, caliber receiver out there just wrecking football games along with O'Connell at quarterback. It's just, they don't have that. Do they still have good receivers? Yes. But is Penn State secondary elite? I said it was, and I, they are, Purdue is not a running team. So if you want the, if you want sort of the crux of this game to come down to Penn State secondary as a defensive, you know, in a defensive way, 
man, that's that's strength. That's their strength. That is the strength of this defense. So I expect Manny Diaz and Penn State to throw a lot of a lot of quote unquote nickel packages. Manny Diaz can get exotic, by the way. I don't think he's gonna have it all in, but he's gonna throw some junk at them. He is absolutely gonna throw some junk at at Purdue because kind of in a way not the way the games evolve, but Purdue kind of runs a junk offense, right? Like it's really kind of a junk offense. So expect Manny Diaz to throw some junk at him and expect Penn State secondary to play a major role in this game. I absolutely believe it. Great question, Jimmy. Let's turn it around. Let's give Penn State the ball. What are they going to look at with Purdue's defense? So they've lost some horsepower up front, right? That That's clear. They've lost their, their leading sack guy. They've lost their main anchor. They lost defensive tackle. They got a little question at linebacker. They're not bad, but they're not great up front. They're not a defense built to win a football game. Purdue wins by outscoring teams with this offense that they have right now. So when you're talking about Penn State offense, it comes down to tempo, right? Like who owns, the, can Penn State, own the tempo and can they grind on this game a little bit and when I say grind I don't mean just run the ball I mean lean on the clock a little convert three to four to five of those third and three third and fours whether you're running it or hitting a tight end or catch getting a short out maintain the ball and kind of grind on Purdue's defense a little bit make first down count and you can grind on this game Make first down matter and get yourself in more manageable situations. You can grind on it. Purdue secondary is pretty good. So, you know, in an up and down the field scenario, that favors Purdue because their secondary is really good too. And they have a bit more pop with their quarterback on offense. I think Penn State can grind on this game a little bit. Look, expect some explosive ebb and flows. Expect the game to blow up and see two or three touchdowns in an eight minute span. But the grind in this game is going to really mean something. And I think Penn State can grind on this game a little bit with the football. There were some opponents of Purdue who were successful in grinding against them last year. Penn State last year was not a grinding team or run it down your throat. We'll see if that improves. Andy, if Penn State wins this game, what will be the key for them? Uh, It will be two things. It will be they have more talent but that, that's not a key. It will be they, they get a couple takeaways, right? And the defense overall, it bends a little bit, but it doesn't break. If, if Purdue can wreck Penn State's defense somehow, in other words, take it a little bit out of that bend but don't break mode, because I don't think Penn State's built right now to stop Purdue, right? Maybe a year ago you could say, ah, they might have a chance to stop this team defensively. But right now they just simply don't. Overall, so they will have to do some bending and breaking. Just don't get wrecked. If Penn State's defense sort of gets wrecked, and believe me, this is forty-eight, this is sixty minutes, not a first quarter thing. It, they might come out flying and on fire with their hair on fire. Look at it over the course of sixty minutes. More bend than break, and a couple key turnovers by the defense. I think are very, very important. I think it's important, Andy, for the offense to hold on to the ball. Even if they don't score, at least get first downs on their possessions. A year ago, that first game against Wisconsin, I think they had one first down in the first half. Wisconsin wasn't explosive enough on offense to exploit that. I think you give Purdue that many opportunities, they will. All right, Andy, the time has come. Need two things from you. 
Penn State is a three-point favorite on the road. I need your predicted score for the game, and I need your bold prediction for the game. What do you got? uh, Yeah, let me throw a couple. Purdue will predominantly control the tempo of this game with its passing attack, and and Penn State will spend most of this game chasing. I I feel very strongly about that. But I think a couple key stops slash turnovers, remember, three and out and a punt is still a kind of a turnover. A couple key late stops slash turnovers by the Penn State defense. And I think I'm calling, and this isn't my bold prediction, but I'm calling one long-range bomb from Clifford. I think those are difference makers. So did I say last week that I thought that I gave Penn State a loss in this game? I believe I did. But after doing my homework, I'm going Penn State 31, Purdue 28. And my bowl prediction, and this is the hidden key offensively for Penn State in this matchup, it's the tight ends. It could be a huge advantage if they can exploit it. Purdue secondary is good. Tight ends become. My bowl prediction is two touchdowns in any way, shape, or form from Penn State's tight ends. That will be interesting if they get the two tight ends there. And I'll tell you what, though, on your predictions, it's the first game of the year. And the first game prediction, Andy, you go with a push. Penn State's a three-point favorite, and you have them winning by three. Come on, man. Take a side. I'm not your gambling guy. I just picked the score. I picked the score that I thought was right. (laughs) All right. Very good, Andy. You have it 31-28. You have the Penn State tight ends coming big, scoring a couple touchdowns. Very good, Andrew P. We'll see how that turns out. Next week when we meet again, we will be talking about the results from this game, Andy. I can't wait for that. We're finally into the season. But that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special.
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration.